Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. Thought that I had some money, thought that I had accomplished some things, and so I went and tried to talk to a wealth manager, and he basically said that you can't deposit at least a quarter of a mil, but ideally a million dollars in my account for you, you're not worth my time in a very nice way. So that is what has motivated me and driven me to create Freeman Capital. But I am a family man, I have a wife, and I'm a four-year-old, and I'm just trying to continue to help folks grow and build their wealth. Can I get it? Oh, yeah. What's up, enterprisers? Welcome to the Enterprise Now podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and transform business owners and entrepreneurs into success. That is what we do. We help folks launch, grow, and maximize. In this episode, I talk with Calvin Williams Jr., CEO and founder of Freeman Capital. Calvin is a tech-savvy entrepreneur who loves to talk finances and technology. We also talk about how to start earning big numbers and some of the challenges that come along with earning big numbers. Calvin also leverages his experience from multiple areas of business to close the wealth gap. Here is my conversation with Calvin Williams. All right, Calvin. Can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah. Perfecto. First of all, like we do every single week, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk with us. I know you have about a zillion things that you could be doing, but you chose to spend some time with us. So thank you. Uh, Thank you for having me. It's truly my pleasure to be here. The second thing I like to do is to ask you to tell us about yourself. Now, when I say that, feel free to tell us how it all began or you can start more current day. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, so I will kind of take it back a little bit. So I'm from Maryland, and I've been around computers and technology and finance my whole life. I mean, I was uh, buying shares on a share builder when I was a teenager, and I was recruited to build uh, top secret government projects when I was 17. Then transitioned that into going to the best school for me because it helped me grow, which was North Carolina A&T State University. Aggie Pride. And there I majored in computer science, had a great opportunity to launch a web development firm, become the preferred vendor of web development for the whole campus. Then grew that into a top-ranked firm down here in the southeast of the U.S. And then from there, thought that I had some money, thought that I had accomplished some things. And so I went and tried to talk to a wealth manager. And he basically said that you can't deposit at least a quarter of a mil, but ideally a million dollars in my account for you, you're not worth my time in a very nice way. So that is what has motivated me and driven me to create 
Freeman Capital. But I am a family man. I have a wife and I have a four-year-old. And I'm just trying to continue to help folks grow and build their wealth. Awesome. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. What are some of the things that you enjoy doing in your free time? So I love being active. Uh, that's like a big part of my life. So even in this shelter-in-place time, but like I've brought a pull-up bar and I've got some weights here in my office. But when we are on lockdown, I just love being outside. Whether it's running around with my son or riding a bike or snowboarding, for me, like just being in movement and being flexible is kind of like a state of mind. And so I just enjoy that. And then I am a heavy binger. So I will wait like seasons later for a popular show and then start watching it all at one time. It's just, it's just easier for, for me. I'm really like behind the curve, but I still try and have a good time. So just concentrating on to learning and grow and just find time in between the gap into my life. Got it. What shows do you binge? So right now, because I am super slow behind, I am watching, it's going to sound really probably lame to some, but NCIS, I'm caught up on Insecure now. I just got back on that one. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And one of my favorite ones, which I can't wait to the next season, is Dear White People. And then my most probably favorite show, because it relates to the relates to my field, which is Billion on Showtime. Got it. So I can definitely relate to the whole free time thing. I have a five-year-old, so I know how busy they can keep you. Exactly, exactly. So talk to me a little bit about your background. How did you get interested in technology? So for that, I really have to thank my parents. I even asked my dad that same question. And he said that he, this was in the 80s when I was born, that he realized that you know, technology was going to be a big deal. So he made the, the sacrifice and the investment to buy one of the early Macs in like 87 or 88, I forget what year. And so I had the opportunity to just be around computers very early on. And that kind of set me down on the road of when I was in middle school, I can remember when AOL came out with you know, the dial-up. And then I began to like build websites on Netscape and learning my first programming languages. And I was fortunate enough to where my high school had classes on computer programming. So I was learning you know, languages in high school. And then when the internet came, like it was just amazing to me. And so for me, I think that because when the internet hit, I was just at that age of being really engrossed in technology anyways. It just was a very natural transition. And then with finance, I can remember, like, that I was a geek from, like, very early on. You know, I had my job at McDonald's, you know, making my little five, six, seven dollars, whatever, whatever it was. And I used to come home and put my little money into Quicken and try and do my personal finance and estimate when I would hit this goal or when I could buy a house and things like that. And so for me, just that marriage of, Money and technology was almost like pre-arranged and just started off from there. Got it. So you talked a little bit about before your sort of the genesis, how you got started and you started a business, grew it. I'm sure that that wasn't easy and you didn't just open and then things started to flourish. I'm sure there were challenges and obstacles that you had to overcome. And one thing that I've noticed, I've done this show for some time now is that successful people have a methodology as to how they approach things. What would you say your methodology to overcoming challenges is? So I think that the biggest thing for me is 
always trying to do two things. The first is understanding the context of the challenge and then breaking down the challenge until there is an action you can take. And so what I'm referencing is that a challenge can be anything from a cash flow to a partnership disagreement to a lack of customers. That can be the challenge. But first, you really have to understand the context of the challenge and not just what is the immediate situation that you are facing. Because the situation and context are two very different things. Like I've had times where the revenue is low and the situation is because we don't have a whole lot of customers. And so you might then think about, oh, well, then I need to do whatever I can to get more customers. But then when you break down that challenge into bite-sized chunks, you know, you really can take a step back and say, okay, the problem may not be the customers, but that when people come to my website, it's not converting well. So that is something that I can change on my own to get started to work through the problem. And so for me, it's really about understanding the context of the challenge and then taking that context and breaking it down into bite-sized chunks so that I can take the first step to solve it or else it could all just seem too overwhelming and too big. But that's generally my methodology on how I work through it. Fantastic. And I would assume that part of that too is to, like you said, break it down into bite-sized chunks. And really, when you mentioned understanding the context of the challenge, really understanding what parts of it you can control and which parts you can't. That is exactly true. Because the thing that we have to realize is that any challenge that we face, we have a couple of reactions. There's a physical reaction, there's an emotional reaction, there could be a, even a spiritual reaction and a mental reaction. And so for me, understanding that context is how am I reacting to what's going on? Because when that's also tying back into why I like being active, it's because when at least I'm active, it gives my body and mind a time to reset. So often you might be staring at a problem in the face and you don't see anything, but then you go away, you reset your body, mind, and spirit, and then you come back with solution. And so sometimes a problem that you think you have no control over, it's because you're looking at it from one perspective. When you step back, see the full context, reset your body, mind, and spirit, you can come back because there's generally always something you can do helps figure out how to get you to your next state or your next goal. You just saved somebody somewhere listening to this a ton of time (laughs) (laughs) because now they're going to approach things differently. So thank you so much for that. No worries. It's only because I have wasted all of that time in my life and I don't anyone else have to go through that. So that's it. Yeah, I get it. I had a mentor once tell me, LZ, find your own potholes to fall into. Don't fall into the same ones I fell into. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So that brings me to my next sort of question. What I found, again, from talking with folks is there's a combination of traits and characteristics and kind of mindsets that they all have in common. And I boiled them down into four areas, education, motivation, inspiration, and transformation, right? With education, motivation, and inspiration being a direct correlation to the level of transformation that people are able to achieve. So Given that inspiration is a pushing or a driving force, 
what is inspiration to you and what inspires you? Inspiration to me is finding the creativity to think in a new way. And I am often inspired, A, by seeing how other people have overcome challenges. And then, of course, for me, my faith is a big part of my inspiration and how I get to move forward. But it just is a funny thing. So we both have kids that are right around the same age. And my son is into engineering. So there is this YouTube channel called Real Engineering. He breaks down like how it's definitely written for like college or high school people. But like my son just likes to see pictures of like points. And so there was a video on why Japan high-speed rail is a success and high-speed rail everywhere else was not. And in that video, what they basically said was that in Japan, rather than build everything from brand new, they built on successful technology that was already existing at that time. So I'm sitting there watching that program with my four-year-old, but then I was inspired to realize that even in my own business, I don't have to recreate every wheel. I can go faster, do it better if I am like the Japanese and just take more from what is existing and then just build on top of that. So that's a random program that I was watching with my four-year-old, but it still inspired me because it forced me to look at the problem in a new life. Got it. Now, defining motivation as a pulling force, what motivates you? So... My internal motivation is driven by what I believe my purpose in life, which is that I realize that on no doing of my own, God placed me in the family of Calvin and Stan. And so I was afforded the opportunity to grow up with both of my parents, you know, in the middle class home. They were working hard, but those were things that I didn't sit up and say, I want to be in this family. And so I have been given these gifts and these and kind of this foundation. And so my internal motivation is to make the world a better place as a thank you to God and to just my family who have sacrificed to help me be here. And so that is one of my biggest motivating factors is to help as many people as I can cross this wealth divide so that they and their kids can be better. Because as I look back to my family's history, all the way back to my great-grandparents and even probably farther, they've made those same moves to help their family take a step forward. So that's the same thing that I'm trying to do with my family and with everyone that helps serve. Fantastic. I definitely agree. I tell people all the time, my call and my mission in life is to change lives through enterprise. because. There's a business behind every single thing. The coffee cup that's on my desk right now, there's a business behind that. There's a business behind the coffee that's in the cup. (laughs) So enterprise and business is definitely important to society and the well-being of people in general. So it's always refreshing to talk with people that kind of have that same drive. So much appreciated. Now, tell me about a butterfly moment in your life, a moment when you went from being in a cocoon blossoming into a beautiful butterfly. So I would say that when I was running one of my previous businesses and I had thought that everything was going well and was not really actively, this is back in my early 20s, was not really tracking like where 
the overall economy was and how our business would fare. And there was a huge downturn and I had to let go of a lot of my staff. I had to move back in. I mean, this was so bad to where this is, this, this, this would be a dark cocoon. Things were so bad to where like utility man was like, coming out to turn off my power. I had to like only shower during the day because that's the sunlight was, was in. And I had to go work like at a Panera Bread to kind of keep things moving. And so it was in this dark moment, which is like when you're in a cocoon, and I was trying to figure out, like, how do I break through to get to the next level? And I kind of really, like, centered in on what mistakes did I make that helped contribute to get to where I am now in life? Like, how can I take responsibility to make things better? And then I realized, when I began to look back, that it's so critical for any not just business owner, but anyone who is working to pay attention to what's happening in the rest of the world and then develop contingencies and plans on what can happen if things go opposite. And really, once I started to really understand that, I was able to kind of... And I believe that when we learn lessons, that's when we see our situations turn. And so when I really like cemented that lesson internally, one of our biggest clients at the time was working with the Maya Angelou Institute over at Wake Forest. And we got that contract and it kind of got us back on track. And I, I was able to come out of that experience uh, stronger and as a better man. Because really, for me, the experiences that we go through in business are just to help perfect us as people. They are just where we are still in school. And so for me, once I got that contract, then couple months later, I think I won like top 40, under 40. And so it's just these things happen at the same time. But I don't forget the fact that it comes down to the lessons and the, you know, the perfecting of ourselves. That is really the, the transition and the most beautiful part of that very dark and painful experience. Awesome. Now, Calvin, you've already taught us. So we are students in your class. <laughs> but if you had to take about two minutes as we kind of wrap things up to give us some knowledge and wisdom and teach us something that we can implement into our businesses today. Yeah. So the biggest thing that I would say is this, is that when it comes to wealthy individuals, Forbes had a report that said that people who work with a financial advisor generally have at least double the wealth of those who don't. And so we are all working either in our business or as an employee to get to the next goal. And just like we go to a doctor to stay healthy and to stay there on a, on a regular basis, what the stats have shown is that folks who are actively working with a financial advisor have more wealth and are then able to reach their goals faster. And so that's why with Freeman Capital, we are trying to solve three main problems. We want to make it accessible. We want to provide the tools and give the education so that more people, especially those who don't have a quarter of a mil, a hundred thousand dollars, what have you, at any dollar, so that more people can take the next steps to make the move to help them build wealth and generational wealth for themselves and for their family. Perfect. So what would be the first step for somebody to get started with something like that? So we make it super easy. The 
first step is you can go to freemancapital.co and you can have a free consultation with one of our planners and advisors. And so there, you can kind of kick the wheels before you get to use the service. As well, you can begin investing without any money out of pocket. And then if you do want to get started, you can just quickly just let us know, just sign up for that. And then the beautiful thing is that the service is month to month and you can cancel at any time. We generally have prices for any budget. We have folks who are just out of college and those who are making six fix. And so we find ways to make it work for as many as we can because it truly is our goal to help them cross their personal wealth gap and their wealth divides that they can live their best life and have someone who is knowledgeable, who has been there and will hold them accountable to help them build their wealth. Got it. Now, outside of the website, if people want to reach out to you, touch base, ask you questions and learn even more about what you guys do, how can they do that? Yeah. So aside of the website, we are active on Instagram. Freeman Capital is the name. Then there's myself that my probably most active platform is Instagram as well. Just Calvin Williams. They are. We are both on LinkedIn at Freeman Capital and Calvin Williams Jr. as well. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time, Calvin. Thank you for having me. It's been a true pleasure. Enterprisers, if you got value from that awesome conversation, let the world know by subscribing to the email list and leaving a review on your favorite podcast app. That helps us know that we're bringing you golden nugget field conversations with the most inspirational business owners. Reach out at podcast at enterprisenow.net with any feedback or questions for me or any of my guests. Thanks again, folks, and we'll talk with you guys next time. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.